Today's Swolfam spotlight is from Megan. What's going on, Bishas? Welcome to the Daily Swole Podcast, episode 2669, Sunday, August the 27th. And I am your Swole host, Papa Swolio. Megan writes, Hi, Swolfam. I recently just introduced myself in the main chat. Now I'm ready to post here too. I decided to change my health for the better back in 2014. I had just gone through a breakup, so I was hurt and needing to heal in some way. I decided to join the gym by my house, take control of something in my life, and I was 20 years old. In my very first pictures taken, I looked sick and unhappy. Those pictures were from 2013 before the breakup, and I have been consistently lifting for five years. With one year focused more on spinning and less on lifting, that wasn't a great year for me. Now that I'm regularly lifting weights, doing my physical therapy for a torn meniscus, and practicing yoga right now three times a week, I'm in the best shape I've been in as a whole. I fluctuated from 145 to 165, trying different diets, exercise, routines, etc. Now I'm sitting happy at 160 with good balance between most aspects of fitness and nutrition. But I want to be clear, the weight that I read on the scale doesn't affect me. It's simply a calculation that doesn't define my worth. I know I'm strong and healthy, and that's what matters to me. And I agree, that's fantastic, Megan. So a little round of applause. Let's get some gorillas. Let's get some gorillas for Megan. Very awesome. Uh, glad that you're crushing it. And of course, we all know when you just do excessive cardio, it's very exhausting. It's draining on the nervous system. And it definitely very rapidly becomes uh, a negative to building muscle and actually achieving most of the health benefits uh, that you really should be aiming for. You need to be building strength. You need to be building your muscle uh, muscle mass, uh, bone density. These are all things that are very important. And that's where you're going to get that, you know, what people call functional strength. Um, in other words, being able to lift things off the ground, push things, carry groceries, like these things translate into all aspects of life. You're loading up your car luggage, or you're pulling a suitcase off of a conveyor belt at the airport. These are things that people don't really think much about when you're younger, because you get away with a lot more. But as you get older, when you are in better condition, these things don't really, they're never an issue, but then you see some frail people. And a lot of you probably know this, you're traveling. You see frail people that are barely able to move something into their car. They're barely able to get a suitcase out of their, the trunk of their car. Or like I said, when you see those luggage conveyor belts, when you're picking up your luggage uh, at the airport, they can't drag it off effectively. You see other people helping, which is great, which is great. You have gentlemen helping ladies, you know, lift their luggages off the, the conveyor belt and stuff, but you should be able to do the stuff yourself. This is not complicated things. It's your luggage. It's your stuff and you can't lift it off. So in other words, it translates into groceries, into shopping, into when you're moving, if you're moving a lot of boxes and X, Y, and Z, you have kids are running around picking them up and you have to save them or they're falling and you catch them. These are all things that are very important. So it translates into all aspects of life, not just longevity. But lifting weights is very important, and I'm very excited that Megan is crushing it, that she realized how important weightlifting is in contrast to doing excessive amounts of cardio. Nothing wrong with doing some bike riding, versa climber, step mills, sled work, cardiovascular type uh, training. Just make sure you use it as a seasoning. Make sure you're focusing on weight training, you're focusing on building muscle, and you're practicing your mobility and your cardiovascular. In addition to that, it all works together. Um, just make sure that you are doing the type of activity that's going to lead you where you want to go. And I'll say this again. I say this a lot of times on the podcast, especially on the pre-roll. People tend to do the wrong thing. 
And what I mean by that is they want muscle, they want to be lean, they want to decrease body fat, and all they do is they run all the time. They do tons of cardio and they don't get results. Same thing with, I want to be healthier, so they go vegan. Well, that's not the answer. They'll do a ton of cardio and go vegan. Yeah, come back in a couple of years, we'll see how that's going. People crash out, their health gets destroyed. We know how, um, we know where that road leads. So in other words, you need to make sure that you are creating the stress. Training is the stress. Your body will adapt. Your body will adapt to the stress that you subject it to. If you subject it to progressive overload, you're going to build muscle. If you subject it to progressive overload in the sense of cardiovascular activity, yeah, you're going to improve cardiovascular capacity. That's great. But just make sure that you are doing the right activities in order to get the proper results. Okay, thank you. If you're ready to join Megan, myself, and the rest of the Swole fam, head on over to swornarmasex.com. Join the fam today. Got a lot of people coming in on the live stream. Dan, Michelle, Cerny, Loretta, Matthew, Marissa, Jen, how we doing? Reminder, we'll talk about it when we get into the show, but reminder that tomorrow is our accountability meeting. In fact, it's actually our Back to Swole release party where we have extra releases, extra awesome Swole fan posts. No, they're always extra awesome, but we have extra juicy releases tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern time. So the episode will be private. Don't miss out on Back to Swole release event. We have three of these major release events a year. Next one is the Swole New Year party a couple years, a couple years, a couple days before January 1st. So uh, don't miss out on uh, tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time, extra juicy releases. Join the fam today, SwoleNormousX.com. And of course, check out the new merch tomorrow. We're going to have epic new merch drops, but those will be available. Of course, if you're not a member, use code DAILYSWOLE for 10% off. If you're a member, you have a special code to save 20% off. That's another reason to join the Swole fam. So join us, Swole fam, SwoleNormousX.com. Check all the links down below. We have the Daily Swole code and all that stuff there for apparel. So very excited. Yeah, fuck your resolutions almost here, Jen says in the comments. I can't believe it. Fuck your resolution season starts officially August 1st. Sometimes we ramp up um, with that at the end of September. But anyway, New Year's going to be here before you know it. We'll be I'll be ranting about fuck your resolutions for many, many months. And you know that. I think we're all excited for it because a lot of jabronis and chodes are going to be, oh, my resolutions, I'll start in January, but I'm busy. <laughs> On a side note, fuck your pumpkin spice. Fuck your pumpkin spice. I'll say a thousand times, fuck your pumpkin spice. Those videos are going nice and juicily viral. Everyone's like, oh, I love my pumpkin spice. Some people are like, yeah, fuck your pumpkin spice. I need that shirt. So make sure you go and jump on that fuck your pumpkin spice apparel over there, papasolio.com. All right, that being said, let's get into today's episode. 2669, it's Ask Papa Solio Live. We got some calls. We'll take some live questions. Let's get into it. Drop some biceps and gorillas in the comments. Let's fucking go. The following program is rated TVMANOC. It contains a big pair of nuts directly on your chin. It is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. It is actually exhausting being someone who talks about anti-fatness frequently. Then shut your mouth. <laughs> Obesity is epidemic in the United States and a major cause of death. What is fat activism? I, a fat person, am sharing my own lived experience. Pizza is a vegetable. Your fat phobia is your problem. It is not my place as a smaller bodied white man to comment on it. Radical body positivity. What can men do against such reckless hate? There's only one man who can help me. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. 
Everyone fights, no one quits. This day we fight! Testing, testing, test, 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 testing, testing, testicles, testing, testicles, testicles. Welcome, everyone, to episode 26, 6-9 of the Daily Mother Swole, the most muscular swole cast, beer cast, broadcast, gang cast, man cast, pimp cast, seize cast, and slay cast in the realm, because when I flex, you flex, we all flex our biceps. What's going on, beaches, booshes, busters, hustlers, and your hoes? It's your boy, Papa Swoleo, back with another episode, and today's episode of the Beast Cast is brought to you, is powered, is sponsored by Everson K2 flexing on all you beans. Fucking Catalina wine mixer. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. All right, come one, come all. It's Ask Papa Swolio Live, Reps America. All right, let's get some questions going. We will jump into that. We're going to bust the nut open. We're going to jump into questions and we're going to have a great time. Reminder, talked about in the pre-roll, back to Swole release party tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time. Same time as our weekly accountability meetings, just extra juicy releases. Don't miss out. Tomorrow's episode will be private. So join the fam today over at SwoleNormousX.com. Don't miss out on the greatest fam in the realm. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not smart. All right, let's bust on an open. Let's get today's party started. Summon the Falcon. Are you ready, Beaches? Back to Swole, baby. Give me a little hashtag back to Swole BTS. It's not behind the scenes. It's back to Swole tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time. So drop that hashtag for a chance to win today's Swole card. Back to Swole, the Tainty Man and the church are both here. They're knocked the fuck out. We were just outside a little while ago for the show and it's hot as fucking hell. Hot as hell outside. So I'm actually going to be probably, I'm thinking <coughs> today's either an active recovery day or I'm going to train after. I've been training a little bit later in the afternoon. It's so hot. It's so hot. So probably we'll be doing some stuff afterwards, but man, they are wiped out. Took them on a long walk today too. So, and so this is what I've been doing. I've been pushing off my, remember, I think I was talking about an earlier show. I used to cold plunge first thing in the morning, which I think is great, but I also 
don't like depending on that because just a short, short little summary, the chiller on the cold plunge a few months ago broke and then I was without it. And because I was so used to doing the cold plunge first thing in the morning, I felt it threw me off for at least a few days. It threw me off and I was, I just felt hot all the time. So now what I do is I go walking first. I get the sun in my eyes first. I go walking first. I used to just do it right after the cold plunge. I go walking first, wake up that way. That way it anchors me. Then I'll have coffee or whatever. But then when I train, I'll cold plunge right before I train, not after, but right before I train. It's great. It wakes me up. It gets me amped up. And plus it keeps me, it kind of, you know, freezes me out that way when I'm training outside, I'm warming up and I'm getting hot. I don't feel, it takes me a lot longer to overheat. So it's really invigorating. It's a great way to start my workout. So I recommend it. If you can take a cold shower or something and then start your, your workout, warm up of course, but get your joints loose by love the cold plunge first. I fucking love it. So anyway, just a little hack that I found that I really like. Plus it's like another boost during the day, but you don't want to do it right after I don't cold plunge right after my workouts because then it can negatively affect the muscle repair properties because you want your body to get that signal for inflammation when you do physical training. So that being said, anyway, love it. Love it. Love doing the cold plunge right before, right before. (sighs) Okay. So let's get into that. Let's get into it. Uh, If you got a question, drop in the comments, hashtag ask Papa Solia. But before we get into some Instagram questions, or should I say shitstagram, and live questions. Let's take a call. So we got a first call. This one's from Annette. Annette, you are on the line. It's Ask Papa Swolio Schleif. Hi, I just literally just found your account like a few minutes ago. Um, I wanted to know your programs. Uh, does it matter as a 53-year-old woman which one I choose if I wanted to do your training? And does it include nutrition. Thank you. So I don't know where you're looking at the content, but welcome. Welcome. If you are over on papaswolio.com, you can purchase individual programs. But if you're looking for nutrition, if you're looking for the kitchen access to all of that, go to swolenormousx.com and become a member of the Swole fam. You'll get access to everything, all seven pillars. So you could download your free copy of the seven pillars over there at Solenormous X and uh, you'll get everything that we have. So some people just want a program. Okay. So we make it an option. Some people get the programs, but most people you're going to want everything because it's completely integrated. So you're really going to want to look at the memberships where you get hundreds of yoga classes in the yoga studio and you could integrate that with your programs. And many members do. You start to customize your training and choose specific yoga classes based on for for your active recovery days, based on what uh, you're trying to work on. Particularly, you get access to the nutrition jumpstart, the elimination diet. So it sounds like you're very new, but we have members of all ages. Uh, We have ages from like, I think in their teens, all the way up to a thousand years old. What up, Cerny in the house? What up? So we have members of all ages and levels of experience. So it's absolutely fantastic for you to get into Swole Mastery or the 90 Day Dash, which is a great all levels program. And it really helps you build that foundation. And um, especially with the primer week, it helps you on ramp very efficiently. And plus we have Swollen Sevens. We have yoga classes. We have chair yoga. We have starter classes. We have all those things there for you. So I would definitely recommend 
joining, getting the membership over at SwanormousX.com. So you have access to all the programs, but you have access to all of those other additional things like you mentioned with the nutrition, meditation, um, and all the mobility. <laughs> Sarney's giving me the fucking eyeball. All right. All right. Thank you, Annette. I know you asked that question probably via the swipe up link on Instagram. So hopefully you're checking out the podcast. All right. So hopefully we see you inside the Swole Fam real soon. <sighs> Got a burp there. All right. Let's see. Do we have any live questions? People are dropping a little bit of fire. Let's see. We'll get into another call in a second. Let's take a live question from... Marianne Petrino. Papa Solia, is there a portable water bottle to filter water that you recommend? A portable, a portable water bottle. I think Berkey makes one. I'm sure there's a lot of other companies that make them. I don't have one that I personally recommend, but what really matters is what it's made out of. I think the Berkey one is, I think the Berkey one's, I don't know if the bottle's plastic. I'm sure it's BPA free, but I, I never went down because I don't do, I, I haven't gone hiking and stuff in a while where I need a portable water filter, but I think those are great. Stonefit says Sawyer squeeze is a high quality portable water filter. There are things that you can like actually pump through. And there are some that like will filter through and you pour it in the water and then it'll kind of steep through. So I don't have one that I personally recommend, but I would just go on Amazon or Google and start checking out reviews and seeing what they're made of. The most important things when it comes to the water filter is, what it's actually going to be removing and also what the bottle is made of too. So if you could find one that's stainless steel or that has other, those types of things I would recommend. Yeah. It's always going to be one of those hiking brands. Cause obviously if you're camping or hiking and you need emergency, or you have a stream, you just don't want to drink. If you, if there's like still water and you really desperately need water, you want it to be able to fill filter out bacteria or any kind of like scum pond scum. Stone says Sawyer Squeeze is a hiking brand that has very high quality, literally filtered cow shit water with it. But yeah, I don't think the filter would last that long, but if you're in an emergency and all you have is water, can you imagine if you're hiking and you just need water, you're about to die from dehydration and you just have like a puddle of cow shit for some reason, just a cow shit water. It's like, why man? Why does it have to have tons of cow shit in it? I've never heard of Sawyer, but that's awesome. Check it out. Yeah, there's life straw. Emergency, right? You know, break in case of emergency type of thing. But I think it depends, right? Some of these things might be more emergency. And if you're looking for something to use at a water fountain at your workplace, you might just want to filter water at home and get a big hydro flask and bring it to work. You know, different applications. Uh, Pedro says, Papa Soli, for the runners in the fam, could you, would you consider some content on running patterns and posture? Just wondering. That's very specific. I, I personally don't have much interest in running patterns or running form. Uh, there's probably, there's tons of great pages and stuff that are going to be obsessed with running. It's aside from barefoot running, you know, and strengthening ankle mobility, knee mobility. But there are a lot of running experts out there that will, probably go really down the rabbit hole in terms of that. It also depends on what type of running you're going to do. Sprinting versus long distance. I'm absolutely not a fan of long distance running. So it's not really an interest of mine. But getting to the point where you're doing more barefoot running, foot strengthening, barefoot running, running on soft surfaces. I'm not also not a fan of running on pavement concrete, things like that, which a lot of people do. Heel to toe running and all that stuff. Yikes. 
Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. All right, let's take another call. Brian? Brian, you're on the line. Papa Swolio. Hello. Yo, I was making my way through your reading list, and I was wondering where you go to get your news information from. Was that it? Um, news information. A lot of podcasts. A lot of podcasts. And I think if you... Well, here's the thing. Even if you... I mean, I would never recommend looking or, you know, mainstream media, but of course, because there's a lot of misdirection stories for misdirection, but of course, once you start understanding the inner workings or how these things interact with one another, you're going to find a lot of actual stories. Some places you won't even, they'll, they'll completely shove under the rug. They won't even mention it. But, um, so what I will say is what's also equally important from independent news sources is also looking at mainstream media to see where they're trying to direct your attention. So that's also fascinating when you have a story just to look and you go to like CNN or MSNBC and then you go to Fox and you go to these, you know, shithole news outlets, you're going to find you kind of, it's, it's, it's good to know where they're trying to point your attention. So if you understand that everything in that sense is trying to manipulate you and direct your attention. It's good to know where they're trying to do it and how they're trying to do it as well as garnering uh, independent news sources. So a lot of great podcasts. Um, There's tons of podcasts out there. And if you understand what the slants are, you understand how to, it really takes critical thinking. You have to really cultivate critical thinking. What I would say is honestly, if you start with a lot of quality Bitcoin podcasts, you start with money and economics, this, it really unravels everything else. If you really want to learn the most about how the world functions and in terms of politics, you really need to learn about the money. So that's going to really get to the root cause of everything because that's the reason why a lot of things actually occur. And that's the reason why a lot of these different policies get pushed and um, in terms of foreign conflicts is usually coming from a source of power and also uh, to reinforce the dollar, et cetera, et cetera. So in terms of actual podcasts, um, in terms of books, I can just load up. So there's a lot of good ones that cover a lot of politics. I'm sure a lot of you listen to things like, uh, for example, Daily Wire. That's a little bit more. Honestly, I know they're quote independent. They're very large now. It's still, you know, there's still a lot of a uh, slant um, with that dark horse podcast with uh, Brett Weinstein is fantastic. Uh, Tim Pool's very good. Also, uh, PBD podcast is great. Of course, Joe Rogan. And remember, you're getting a lot of different opinions. Uh, Dan Bongino. So you're getting a lot of like, you're, you're going to get a lot of very loud opinions, very passionate opinions, and people that are very, very biased, which everyone's biased to a point. And everyone has a certain amount of, you know, concept creep. And there's always an echo. When people say echo chamber, that's usually an excuse. It's a cope to disregard. Like when someone calls someone a conspiracy theorist, that is, that just disregards anything that they say. It's a bullshit excuse and it's lazy. Um, so 
what you need what you need to do is understand what these people's opinions are and sift out the opinions from the facts. So I don't care if someone has an opinion that I disagree with. If someone starts talking about, you know, um pro-life or pro-choice like it, it, that that stuff's really not that important it really isn't that important that's going to be distributed back to the states after they undid roe v wade which was garbage so you move to the jurisdictions that are going to serve your purposes this is how communities form and this is how um, it should be all right uh, it, it's, it's insane to think that florida or georgia or texas should be governed the same way as i don't know Washington state or Maine or New York, like it's completely different areas, completely different, uh, completely different way of life. If you travel around the country, you know, it's just completely different in some of these small towns versus major metropolitan areas. So you, what you have to do is distill from the person's opinions, from the facts and what you will get from media, what you will get from media, what you will get from from independent sources or what you will get from, let's just say from middle of the road or conservative media, you'll get, you'll get facts. You will get facts on these podcasts. You won't get facts on left-wing media. You're, you're going to get completely twisted fat. You're going to get, it's, it's not facts. I say twisted facts. You're going to get lies. You're going to get deception. You're going to get complete fraudulent information. What you will get on the right is you'll get facts with opinions, which is fine which is fine. I don't care if someone has an opinion I disagree with. I want to know what is actually happening and then I could form my own. So it's important to understand that you don't have to agree with a person telling you what is actually happening. And you can, you just have to, people get angry. They get all emotional. Oh my God, I don't disagree. Oh, I hate that person the way I said. Oh. Fine. Then don't agree with what they're saying. I just want the truth. And then I can do what I want with the opinions. Um, let me see. Just kind of scrolling through. So those are good um, things in terms of journalists, uh, Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald. And Glenn Greenwald was just on PBD's podcast. Uh, so that's a, that was a great, uh, great one to listen to. And honestly, a lot of a lot of what you will get and in order to understand these things. If you look at the financial system, if you look at economics, and since I've gone so, so, so deep down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, it really unravels most things. You really start to understand the international conflicts. You understand the incentives. You understand why a lot of the things have happened. And there's a lot of history. When you're looking back in history, you understand um, it gives you a lot of ideas or information or insight into how things will tend to unfold in human psychology. And if you're trying to get to the root, the root cause or the root place to look for, to learn about politics, to learn about international affairs and things like that, just start learning about money, start learning about the history of money, start learning about Bitcoin, focus on that. And it will lead you to all these other places because where, where you get a lot of great information and people kind of covering cultural events, but also the history is on, for example, uh, these types of financial and Bitcoin podcasts. So I would recommend going down that as well. Uh, what is money with Robert Breedlove is a fantastic podcast. Uh, Jeff Booth is fantastic to his book price of tomorrow, but also all the podcasts that he's been on very well-spoken. Um, Constantine Kissin is great. Uh, they do the trigonometry podcast. I don't listen to their podcast 
a lot, but I've listened to them on other podcasts, uh, James Lindsay, and I'm sure a lot of these people have their own podcasts, but what I like to do sometimes is listen to them and listen to these people when they're on other people's podcasts. So you can also do a search, by the way. You find someone that you're interested in uh, or that piques your interest, you can do a search and then listen to them on other podcasts. You don't have to always listen to their podcast. So anyway. There's a lot of places to get news. And of course, like I said, I'll load up Daily Mail or I'll load up Fox or I'll see what's going on. I'll see what's trending. And I pay attention. Uh, Tucker Carlson's great too. And of course, everyone's going to have a slant and everyone's going to have an opinion about these people because most people are headline readers. Most people are completely detached from logic and reality. They don't pay attention. They They just follow what the cult will say, especially the Democrats on the left. Um, someone like myself, who's more independent, people will think like I'm hardcore conservative. I'm a hardcore Republican. Now I will vote according to logic and common sense and what's best for myself, my family and my community. I'm not like that. And, and that will shift. That will shift. Of course. Now you have the, the, the changing of the parties, right? Republican party a decade or two ago used to be more like the warmongering, um, military industrial complex party. And now it's shifted. We have the Democrats that are the statists that are big government and they're big government, but that are, are trying to send all of our resources over to uh, the proxy war in Ukraine. And it's just a lot of gaslighting, uh, essentially this type of collective collectivist takeover, the greater good, dare I say. So I don't want to go too much more down the rabbit hole. I guess it's the red, white, and swole Sunday funding Q and A's. But the most important thing is to understand the facts and get your opinions from different sources. Find people that you enjoy listening to that give you the facts. And if they give you their opinion too, that's fine. You don't have to agree. It's okay to listen to people that you don't agree with to get facts. And then when you cross check it with someone who is giving you the wrong, fa- like they're giving you information, they're giving you information, but it's very, very twisted. I used to listen to Sam Harris a lot. I used to like his content a lot, but he got completely mind-fucked over the last few years. It got really bad. I used to really enjoy his podcast and his content, very intelligent guy, but it's got, it's very, very weird. Very, very weird if you've been paying attention, even listening and seeing the transition of people. You can tell who's an honest actor and who's not. You can tell who's been corrupted or whose brain has essentially been fried by the mainstream media. Um, and a lot of people are grifting. A lot of people are pandering. They're saying what people would want them. For example, they're saying what they think should be the reality or what it should be, or idealistically used to be aside from what's currently happening. And I think a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid of revolution. A lot of people are afraid of change shocker most people are afraid of fucking going to the gym or eating or not being able to eat cake anymore they're people don't want to change and with a changing world that's ever changing uh, and changing rapidly a lot of people can't handle it but when you can find that i want to say like the linchpin like you find that that keystone right when you have a bridge in an arch like the Romans used to build, you have like one keystone, like one that kind of holds and distributes all the pressure, you know, all the way down and makes the bridge function. When you have that one spot, 
everything else comes off of that. And that's what I found with Bitcoin. And a lot of people do when they go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, everything kind of unravels, makes a lot of sense. And the answer is usually a lot deeper, just like the seven pillars. You go to the foundation and then everything comes from that. When the foundation is rotten, the foundation is corrupt, everything on top of it, you're looking at the system within the lens, within the confines of the broken system. So if you're looking at the broken system and you're trying to fix it from within a broken system, you're fundamentally not going to get anywhere. You're trying to fix it from within the system that's already fucking broken and corrupted. So you have to step outside. And once you get, you know, perspective and, and then you're looking at the broken system, oh, this thing is garbage. This thing has to be discarded. And then you can actually make progress. But a lot of people are trying to fix the monetary system from within the broken monetary system. And that's why it's never going to be fixed. It's just fundamentally fucking broken. It always has been. It's just the cracks start to show more and more. The leaks are happening more and more. And you can only bucket out and shovel out water for so long. So that being said, the more you listen, the more you listen to different voices and the more you get facts and start thinking for yourself. But getting back to your original question, a big problem that we have is people are just headline readers. They don't listen to three, four hour podcasts. Either they don't have time or they don't, they think they don't need to. They think that some of these resources that are just telling them what to think. Remember, you're programmed. You're programmed what to think. Since you were little, you go to school, there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. Choose the right answer. There's no in-between. All right, Teachers are lazy. Kids can't write. Kids can't think. Most teachers aren't going to read long essays. They want multiple choice. Oh, just circle the right one. People are guessing and getting passing grades. You're not really learning anything. Choose the, mo- choose the correct answer. It's stupid. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. Most things in life, there isn't any kind of like right answer. There may be directions and things that are more right than others. All right. So th- this, is, this is the issue. So those same people when they're young, when they get older, they are the same people that were taught what to think. And so they follow. And when you're getting lies and deception and being told those falsities and those falsehoods, that's what you get. That's what you, that's what you get. Uh, Steffi Canada shows show that they can stop you from accessing your crypto wallets. Well, Bitcoin is not crypto. The rest of it's mostly a sham. It's pretty much all scams aside from Bitcoin. I don't want to go too far down that, but they can't stop it. You can't stop Bitcoin. They can try. They can try. And it's all, it's mostly the on-ramping. So in other words, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, but they, 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 it it cannot be stopped. They can try. And no, Bitcoin is not anonymous. It's actually, it was never supposed to be anonymous. It's a public ledger. There are other there are other privacy measures that are being developed as second and third layers on Bitcoin. There are other cryptocurrencies that tried to be to mask privacy, but there's privacy, there's coin joining and different things with Bitcoin, but it's not supposed to be a private ledger. Uh, it's, it's not supposed to be private. It's public ledger. And this is why when you have a, a system that's built on proof, when you have a system that's built on proof and truth, literally absolute truth, 
you are going to have less nefarious activity. You're going to have, um, and this is what happens with a, this is what happens with the, with the cracks in the foundation, right? When you have money based on fiat, fiat just means by decree. So you have a system built on who has the gun, who has the power, who can back up and reinforce it. So you're always going to have this type of potential and leaning towards totalitarian and authoritarian uh, control and manipulation. Uh, no. No, the premise wasn't to make it completely anonymous. I would check out the Bitcoin white paper. You would like it, Stone. Look it up. It's the initial the initial foundational document. It's like the constitution for Bitcoin. Bitcoin white paper. Just Google that. Okay, let's move on. And I think Brian, Bitcoin white paper. All right, let's take another call. Good questions. Good questions. But this is why I like, yeah, podcasts or audiobooks. Those things are fantastic. Um, Jay Frosty Balls, you always have time for a podcast. If you're walking the dog, if you're in the shower, working out, there's always time to, to multiply your time. I, I like to read books. I like to read books. I just don't, honestly, I, a lot of times I don't want to sit there and just read. I like doing that before bed, but I want to do stuff. I want to lift. I'm going to do a podcast. I want to go outside. I'm not going to just sitting there staring at a book is great. And I want to make sure I, I want to do it, but I'm very active. So I like to, so you can do audio books and things like that. But this is why I like podcasts too, because you'll have an author, you'll have someone who wrote a book, but they'll be on a podcast talking all about the book and you'll get the gist. You'll get the idea and you listen to them talk and you listen to them go into different subjects and things like that. And one of the reasons why I like podcasts even better than books many times is because you're getting the most current information. You're getting the most current of what that person's thinking about specific issues, not just what's like laid in stone, printed. Not that there's, there's nothing wrong with books, but you know what I'm saying? A lot of times people's opinions change and information gets updated. So podcasts are usually really up to date. I hate it when I when there's a podcast. And I'm like really excited when there's a couple podcasts that I have subscriptions to, but it's always... This was recorded a month and a half ago. A lot of the information, it's just, it's old at that point. It's, it's, I don't like it. If you're doing a podcast, put it out the same day or like the next day. Whenever I see an interview and it's a month and a half ago, there's just so much that happens all the time. It's, it's just not up to date in many cases. So I tend to not like that. That's just me though. Um, Albert, Papa, what do you think about Joe Rogan's diet? Just only meat. Uh, he doesn't eat only meat. So do you just mean the carnivore diet in general? He doesn't eat only meat. I've talked about carnivore diet a bunch of times. I'm not a fan of just straight, just meat, you know, just only meat. I like meat. I like fruit. Carbs are great. Carbs are great. Depending on what type, everyone's going to be different. I don't do vegetables really, but I guess plant foods like apples or mangoes, fruit like that, raw dairy, you're getting carbs, you're getting lactose, you're getting sugars in that, watermelon. I love those types of things, but I found, I found zero downside to not eating vegetables. I haven't had broccoli. I don't even know how long it's been since I had broccoli. 
No spinach. Fuck carrots. Seriously, it's a fucking weed. Get the fuck out of here with my carrots. <laughs> fuck carrots. Um, Brussels sprouts, all those things. Man, anytime I have spinach from the oxalates, my tongue burns. Same thing with asparagus. Kale can fuck all the way off. Can't make that to taste good. But a lot of times I will, like our dinners, I mean, I'll have some raw liver and we'll have some steak, some raw cheese, and that's it. I mean, that's, I'm not, I don't, you don't need, you don't need tons of different colors on your plate. That's a big nonsensical thing. Like you're supposed to be eating a Jackson Pollock painting. You just need the nutrients. You need the minerals and you need the vitamins. You need the micronutrients. And the micronutrients need to be absorbable. A lot of times you're going to be eating foods that are going to bind to some of these nutrients. So if you want calcium, if you want strong bones, drink raw dairy. Don't be sucking down tons of kale and spinach and things that are going to, oxalates that are going to be binding and interrupting your absorption of these nutrients. I went to the, and I, I'm, I went to the dentist and the guys, and every single four, every four months, there's like, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Like if anything, it's better than last time. I don't use fluoride. I don't use, um, uh, Listerine. I use sometimes water to brush my teeth. What are you trying to do? You're trying to get the fucking bacteria out from your, from your gums and stuff like that. But if you're not eating tons of processed sugars and carbs and crackers and breads and cookies and stuff. You're not getting that compacted stuff in your teeth and in there. So all you're trying to do when you brush is trying to get that stuff, you know, off of it. Okay. Sometimes I'll use some baking soda. That's it. And then afterwards I'll put some coconut oil and then I'll floss and I get the stuff out from in between. That's it. Yeah. Scrape your tongue, whatever, but I'm not getting, I'm not eating the foods, those cookies and crackers and breads and chips and stuff. Those are the worst things for your teeth. Not to mention drinking sodas and all these acidic foods that are just wearing down the enamel. Can you stop dropping vegetables in my fucking chat, Michelle? Can you stop? Can you stop that? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right. Let's see what we got here. I love you, Beaches. I love you, Beaches. I love you, Beaches. So I would recommend if you want to, if you really want to get a lot of information uh, in terms of, because I know I said I talked a lot and I'm no expert in Bitcoin. I talk a lot about it. I know a lot about it, but it's such a deep, like it's philosophy, it's politics, it's government, it's everything. It's just, it's human psychology. It's the foundation of everything that we do, right? How we transact money, um, how we exchange human energy. That's just fundamental to what we are as humans. I mean, bartering, you know, I grow apples, you have meat, we exchange, trade, community. That's all it is. So you learn about everything when you go down that rabbit hole. If you want to get started with it, if you want to get started and learn a lot about it, I would check out the the What Is Money show with Robert Breedlove and go back all the way to his initial uh, series. There's a couple great series. One with Michael Saylor goes throughout history, but also the one with Jeff Booth. I think it was one of the first two uh, series. I think the audio is a little bit iffy because he just started the podcast, but they're fantastic if you really want to get started and really get and understand it more. And the reason why I talk so confidently about it and I believe in it so much is because I've done, I don't want to overestimate because 
I mean, not hundreds, thousands, yeah, thousands of hours, thousands of hours. I'm trying to think of how much time that actually is. Hundreds of hours, like hours and hours and hours, easily hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of hours listening to podcasts and reading about it, listening about it, just thinking about it. And again, once you understand something inside and out, it just, it, when, when it makes sense, it makes sense. And it takes people a lot longer. It takes people a lot longer. Um, and the, the, the issue is most people don't have the time or the interest and they're so disconnected. They're not eating right. Their attention's scattered. They're being fear-mongered every which way. They're trying to make ends meet. When you have two jobs and inflation, is, you know, the currency's debasing over and over again because this government won't stop printing fucking money because they can't stop printing money. They have to keep on printing money. They have to keep on printing money. People are just constantly in a state of anxiety. You're on pharmaceutical drugs. You're eating garbage food. You're not getting quality sleep, blah, 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 blah. The news is always saying like, be afraid, be afraid. Fuck, fuck, oh, COVID, oh, this, oh, monkeypox. Oh, be afraid. COVID's coming back. Wear a mask. You know, now there's studies coming out like we've always talked about. There's studies coming out, I think from the NIH. I just saw it like a headline. NIH is saying that these masks, N95 masks are giving people cancer and seizures and stuff like that because the masks have volatile organic compounds, VOC. So people are breathing in these chemicals through a fucking mask. It's just disgusting. It's gross. And they're going to try to bring that shit back. It's fucking awful. Okay. Okay. Uh, do we do... Was that Brian? I think that was Brian. Okay, let's do one more call. Um, Jorge Escobar. Here we go. Jorge Escobar. George. Okay, George. Hey, Papa. It's Hello. De La Junior here. Um, I'm currently working, but I'm on a lunch break. Uh, the only question I had really was, since I've been more consistent, I've definitely noticed that my energy has gone up here at work. I don't get as fatigued as fast. I don't run out of energy as, as often. What, I guess, I feel like you've answered this question a bunch of times, but what can I maybe, like the, the foods I can bring with me, um, you know, throughout the day that I can kind of just munch on so I'm not getting as hungry as I usually do. Um, I do eat, you know, pretty well in the mornings. I, I have like maybe like some eggs, steak and eggs and maybe some fruit afterwards and i find that makes me last pretty much the entire day but there are days where i will get extremely hungry so i was just wondering if you could answer that thanks love the show thanks bro um so you're asking like what foods can you make easily i mean it's just preparation slicing your steak ahead of time so you can just pick it out uh you can get like beef tenderloin which is like little chunks of meat so there's different ways you can, you can make meatballs it's just about it's just about preparing it ahead of time. That way it's edible. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just steak, right? But you don't want to be sitting there like, oh, you know, cutting it. You don't need a plate. You don't need a whole thing. You could just slice it up into chunks or slice it up and just boom. So, I mean, is that what you're asking? I don't really even know what to say aside from just have it ready to go. It's all about, the, again, it's, that's like what meal prep is. It's meal preparation. So if you have it ready, it's ready. pocket bacon you could have yeah i mean i'm not really sure what else to say i mean as long as you have it prepared and ready to go you take out the tupperware boom and you have like some sliced steak boom it down the hatch a couple pieces you're good to go hopefully that answers your question i mean just have it prepared it's all about preparation
Um, all right. Uh, Stone says, did you see the article today that says the paper straws are worse than the plastic ones? Oh, yeah, because you have to use them over and over again. Yeah, oh, look. But the environment, but the plastic and the turtles. Look, there's always things you can improve, but you're going to be using like five paper straws and they're going to the same landfills. People think that like recycling, you're, most of this stuff is not getting recycled. I don't know if you guys knew that. Most shit just goes to the landfill, no matter what it's made of. Yeah, paper straws are trash. I don't use straws, but I mean, if I wanted to suck, I mean, and paper can have toxins and stuff if it's like treated and bleached and things like that. But I mean, I would personally rather use a paper than a plastic straw, but they're going to get soggy and break down and leach into your food and whatever that is. You're going to be using a lot more of them. So it's going to create a lot more waste. Or just don't use a fucking straw. What are you, a huge fucking pussy? Drink! Drink! Uh, did it? Had a bunch of forever toxins? Yeah, nice. Uh, people think because it's like paper or it's cardboard. Oh, there's no toxins in that. It's like ultra treated and chemical and washed and bleached. It's not like cardboard comes from the ground and it's like, oh, this made of bamboo and it's perfectly like they still run them through. Have you ever seen how these things are made? They break it down. It's like mulch and it's like this and they freeze and, and they cook it and they steam it and they mix it with other things and chemicals and blah, blah. I'm not a cardboard expert, but yeah, yeah, we still get tons of stuff from China and these places don't have regulations. You know, even if with all the, the carbon emission bullshit, even if you cut down like the entire United States goes to, like absolute zero carbon emissions, like I think it changes the world's carbon emissions like two or 3%. I mean, China and India and these other countries, you're not going to get everyone on the same page. It's like you need to, you need to use gasoline. You need to use fracking and natural gas and oil in order to further human civilization. And as uh, different energy sources, we need to do more and more nuclear, which is a travesty that people are not, that we're not building more uh, and going hardcore nuclear, you know, the fear mongering in the media, you know, it, it keeps the poor people poor. You wonder why you have income inequality. It's because when energy is more expensive, who do you think gets hurt? Who do you think gets hurt when energy is more, not the, not the billionaires with jumbo jets, you know, when you're trying to shift Africa and these smaller nations to green energy before they even fully develop, you're just keeping poor people poor and you're killing millions of people. So it's the biggest fucking virtue signal when you have more civilized or technologically advanced nations going to these like poor countries. Like, no, 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 you have to save the environment. You need wind and solar. It's super, it's super selfish. It's super selfish. Like, oh, we have it so good. And that's the thing you find all these like white liberal women when you have things so good and things are so awesome, then you have to like pick up the pitchforks and start, you know, virtue signaling for the marginalized because you feel so guilty that you have things so well and you don't have any real purpose or direction. So you have to pretend like you're a warrior for the warrior for the meek or something like that. So, and what that does is just patronizes and victimizes a lot of communities that, don't want to be victimized. You know, they don't want to be, <laughs> don't fa don't faux marginalize me. 
don't pretend like I'm in, incapable. Right? How the, for example, how the Democrats are always saying that they're trying to get rid of voter ID, which is the most insanely fucking retarded thing I can possibly imagine. It's probably the most insanely retarded thing I could possibly imagine is getting rid of voter ID. Like, it, does, it makes zero sense. I mean, it makes sense if you're trying to manipulate the system, but uh, it, it makes little, no sense. Oh, because black people aren't smart enough. Black people aren't capable to get IDs. And all the black people are like, bitch, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you calling me a moron? It's not complicated. It's not complicated. So in other words, you know, for, for political reasons, they're forcing a lot of people to, forcing people to be marginalized or pretending that they are in order to manipulate the system to get more free votes. I picture the, I picture the Democrats as a, the White Walkers from Game of Thrones, right? Just raising the dead. That, that'd be a great meme. You have like the, the, the Night King, just make him look like Biden, going like this, raising the dead. Raising the dead to before the election. <laughs> yeah, right. Stonefit says, uh, can't wait for rolling blackouts in California once everything is electric. Yeah, use electric cars because of climate change. Save the environment. Hey, don't change your, don't, can't charge your car after seven because the grid's about to blow up. Yeah. I agree. Everyone here is super based. Everyone here knows what's going on. So we're just talking shit. Michelle says, oh, you mean the private keys these billionaires have caused more or private planes or whatever have caused more pollution than a diesel truck? No way. Right. I mean, look at this. Like Leo, like Leonardo DiCaprio. He's supposed to be some sort of like fucking eco warrior. It's such fucking bullshit. It's such a grift. It's such a grift. He's always on his yacht, right? You see just pictures after picture after picture of him on his yacht. I'm sure his yacht's electric. That shit's electric. It's not like it's just dumping, dumping shit right into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's not causing any pollution. I'm sure that's not killing any dolphins or fucking up coral reefs or whatever. It's nonsense. So stupid. So stupid. All right, um, we got a time for a couple more questions. We can keep on ranting. Good rants. Good rants. Um, DB Cesar, Cero Cinco. Papa Soy, how can I get bigger calves? Ooh, bigger calves. Calves, forearms, usually like the most important muscles, right? Because you're wearing a t-shirt and shorts. What's really being seen? Not your abs, not your titties. Calves and forearms. Uh, calves have always been hard for me to grow, but I've grown them tremendously since I started lifting. And the biggest hack is... Uh, training them in the stretch. A lot of people you see when they're doing calf raises. Uh, first off, you want to generally choose more stable exercises. So if you can do uh, calf machines, you can use a leg press too, or a leg sled or hip sled with a selectorized machine. You can use those 45 degree donkey calf raises. Sometimes the pedals move and the whole body is anchored. Um, I would definitely do more straight leg calf raises more than seated calf raises, but both are important. <laughs> Marissa says implants. Remember that shit? Um, but focus on the stretch. So a lot of people do long holds at the top. A lot of people do long holds at the top for calves and they do partial reps or they bounce out of the bottom. So you need to reverse. You need to reverse that approach. Long stretch at the bottom, heavy, but hold at the bottom, three to five seconds, drive up. You don't have to hold at the top. 
you can do a partial, like a, a, a short, short, you can do a short hold contraction, but you don't have to hold it for two or three seconds. You're just fatiguing yourself and you're going to limit the amount of reps you can get. But at the bottom, full stretch, hold in that full stretch. It's going to burn like a motherfucker. Calves are going to grow from that stretch. And you got to go heavy, five, 10, five to 10 reps. Anyone that's saying like, oh, I do 30, 40 reps, you're wasting your time. Heavy weight, low reps, and also those partials. Full stretch, and when you can't do any more, full stretch, you know, maybe you got to get up a couple, a couple more, stretch, push, right? Isometric hole at the end, you're trying to get up. You know, really just getting like those lengthened partial reps in the stretch, very important. Yeah, Steffi says push a heavy wheelbarrow up a ramp, work for my hubs. But that's what that's what happens over time, right? Your husband was doing getting a lot more tension in a full stretch because it's up a ramp, because it's up a hill. So his calves were getting a lot of tension under that a larger stretch than just pushing it straight ahead. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's Kush Garcha. Kush Garcha. Sir, how to gain fastly? I like that. I would like to gain muscle fastly, please. How to gain fastly with low budget diet? All right, good question. Uh, we all know when it, when someone asks me a question, say or they say that eating healthy is expensive. It depends on what you're comparing it to, long term benefits, what you're spending money on. But of course, I think we all know that if you buy grain fed beef, might be three or four dollars a pound. Grass fed beef might be seven or eight. So objectively, if you're comparing meat to meat, you're going to have to pay more for grass-fed beef. Of course, if you're spending $7 for a family-sized bag of Tostitos, that could be better spent towards quality food. So first off, cut down on all the expenses that you have. That's Netflix and Hulu and all the stuff that's wasting your money and put that towards food. So you have the biggest budget possible. Uh, focus mostly on proteins and fats. All right. Um, what I would recommend with a low-budget diet I would go to the butcher. I would go to these places and see if they have any, you know, meat, proteins, chicken, beef that are maybe going like, I don't want to say expired, but a lot of times they'll move certain things off a shelf to put new con, new material, you know, new uh, meat products out. Sometimes they'll have things that they took off the shelf because they're going to the expiration dates in a day or two. It's still good. And you can deep freeze it. You can buy in bulk. You got, you maybe get 50% off. So I always encourage people go and talk, go and ask them like, Hey, do you have any meat that's maybe almost expired that you took off the shelf that I can get at a discount? And either they'll say yes or no. And a lot of times they'll put a sticker on it. Like, you know, when they, you know, when you go to the butcher or you go back to like the meat section, they print out the the price when you, let's say you went to get deli meat or something and they'll print out the price. They'll print out a price tag, put it on there. And then you go to the front, you pay for it. So look for specials when there is a special you could buy in bulk. Maybe sometimes you could buy in bulk, uh, split something. If you go to Costco or you go to online, something like that, split it with two or three friends, but I would stick to focus. Most of the, the, the most expensive stuff is going to be the proteins like steak, chicken, beef, fish. And then, you know, maybe fill in the gaps with some fruit, some organ meats. If you can, maybe s simple things like white rice or sweet potatoes for your carbohydrates. Those are inexpensive. So that's going to offset. White rice is very inexpensive. Um, sweet potatoes, what, 79 cents, dollar a pound. So you can stretch that out a lot. Just focus on most of your money on the protein sources. That's going to be the most expensive. Holy shit. Are you kidding me, Stone? My fucking goodness. 
I can't. Wow. I undershot that. Stone says eight ninety nine for a family size bag of Doritos. Now that's fucking bullshit. My buddy and I were getting steaks and walked down the chip aisle to check out and was shocked by that. Eight ninety nine for Doritos or twelve ninety nine for ribeye steak. Hmm. Yikes. Yikes. Holy shit. Hey, Tommy boy, Matt, look at you. Matt says you could stick your head up the butcher's ass or you could take the cow's word for it. That's when he got it right. And he's like, David Spade's like, oh shit. What a great movie. What a great movie. Tommy boy's goaded. I, I have that soundboard. I have a soundboard. Wait, wait. Yeah. Now I know you'd love to just sit there and keep being not slim, but we got to work a little today, okay? Okay, Josh Omaka. Papa Solio just bought a home gym. Let's give a round of applause. Home gym life. <laughs> Trying to develop muscle tone. Oh, that took a turn. Should I be focusing on isolation sessions? All right, there's no such, no such thing as muscle tone. You build muscle or you don't. All right. What you mean is you want to see the muscle, so you have to get rid of the fat over it on time, over time. Okay. There's no such thing as muscle toning. So, should I be focusing on isolation? Isolation. Should I be focusing on the isolation? Uh, yes and no. So you you don't have to, but it's definitely beneficial. Now this is going to depend on the person. So some people, and you could drop your thoughts in the chat. Some people, I've seen people that just have amazing triceps, and they just don't train them often. They get enough when they're doing bench pressing or chest pressing or things like that, and their triceps just get developed. Or they have really big shoulders and they don't need to work their anterior delts. It just really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So if you tend to have overdeveloped anterior delts, you don't want to be like really big in the front and your back of your shoulders flat. Focus once or twice a week on posterior deltoid work. Focus on the areas that you're weaker in, right? So everyone's going to have different muscles. Uh, someone just asked about growing calves or some people ask about forearms. Most people are going to have one or two areas that lag for whatever reason. Maybe it's activation. Maybe it's just genetics and predispositions to having certain outcomes. And some people are going to have weaker, quote unquote, weaker body parts, things that they have to focus more on. So whatever those are for you, put those first in the session. So for example, if you're trying to bring up your shoulders or your chest or a muscle in particular, that would be a good a good split would be to have a day off or a day off from intense training before that muscle gets worked. That way you're the most recovered. You don't want to necessarily do like three workouts in a row and then you're doing that muscle at the end of your third workout. Then it's like three days of you blasting yourself and you're doing it last. A lot of times when people are trying to bring up their biceps or bring up their calves, they do a few sets at the end of a session. They wonder why they won't grow. You're fatigued. You're already kind of like mentally checked out. You're not as engaged. You're not as focused. You're not as on point as the beginning. If you're trying to bring up your calves, train them first in a workout. If you want to bring up your chest, train it first in the workout and maybe choose a split that gives you a recovery day or two before you train that. So prioritize it. Um, if you need to bring up certain areas, you might want to train them harder, maybe do slightly more volume. It depends on the person or where, what you're doing or what exercise selection you're chewing, choosing. But that's where that's why there's no best exercise. That's why there's no exact best amount of sets to do. Everyone's going to be different. If you train really intensely, you're not going to need as many sets as someone who does a lot of like sub, you know, leaves a lot of reps in reserve, doesn't go to complete failure. They're going to need more volume. They also might have lower recoverability. But if you train really intensely all the time, if you don't give enough recovery, you can overtrain because of that under recovery. 
So isolation sessions, I think are great, but it depends. You don't have, don't do isolation. Like you don't need, you don't need bicep curls or tricep extensions for the sake of doing bicep curls or tricep extensions. You don't have to do an arm day because other people do an arm day. So I go through periods where sometimes I'll do shoulders. I'll do biceps and triceps. A lot of times I'll throw biceps after chest or I'll do triceps and shoulders or something like that. Um, I kind of go, I'm kind of going back and forth every week or two, just kind of like, ah, sometimes I just don't feel like doing it a certain way. Sometimes I feel like, oh, that workout was a little bit long. I want to compress a little bit or your priorities change after a few weeks. So you don't have to do an arm day because you've seen on Instagram or TikTok that someone does an arm day. Maybe that works for them they have to bring up their arms. If arms are a weak point for you, then you should have a day where you focus on arms, right? Doesn't that make sense? If that's a weak point for you, then prioritize that. If your back is a weak point, prioritize that. If your calves are a weak point, prioritize that. It doesn't mean do it more. It doesn't mean train it more often. It just means that you need to train them hard, but prioritize that when you're fresh. If there is a body part that you're trying to improve the most, and you're training today, it's like, do that first or create your split and adjust it. So that body part is done first. Don't do it at the end. Don't do it at the end. It's like, if you expect to make a lot of progress and you're doing, it's almost like an afterthought. If you're doing, you know, chest and shoulders and biceps, and then you're doing calves at the end and you think like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, once in a while that depends but if you're throwing in body parts, or I'll do some abs at the end or do some forearms. You do, let's say you do shoulders and biceps and triceps, and then you're going to throw forearms in at the end. And you think you're going to get bigger forearms, not as much as you're going to, if you train them on a different day, maybe you have a, a separate day where you do maybe shoulders and forearms. So your forearms aren't that fatigued. So maybe you still do them after, or you do them first and then you use wrist wraps, right? Like for example, you could do forearms or biceps or something like that, and then a back workout, just use straps. So then your forearms are taken out of the equation. Like there's different strategies for it. And everyone's going to be different. It depends on what your weak points are. So isolation for isolation's sake, just because you have biceps and triceps doesn't mean you have to do a ton of curls and a ton of tricep extensions. So if you're doing chest and back and those are areas you want to work on, but your arms are actually really good in comparison, you just might have hyper adaptable biceps and triceps that grow very well with just basic compound movements. And you might not have to isolate, which means doing like a concentration curl or a preacher curl. You might not have to do many, maybe just do a couple sets a week. You don't have to be doing crazy, crazy volume or, you know, focus a whole entire day to it. It could just be something if your biceps are very developed, and you don't need a lot, then do them at the end of a back workout or a chest workout or an arm day. Like you just don't have to do them or prioritize it. A lot of people wonder why they have certain things that aren't growing and they don't prioritize it. What do you expect? All right, let's see. Ah, yes. Living by in a van down by the river. Uh, Sam, how many meals are you eating, Papa? Cut down to three, and it's hard to get 3,000 in with sky-high fat. Of course it is. How many meals am I eating? I'm probably eating once, one to three times a day, depending. Like, I'll have some kefir and some yogurt sometimes in the morning. Um, 
I'll have something like that after my workout. We'll eat later. So like my heavier meal, my bigger meal, I'll have after my workout. We'll have dinner. We'll cook and I'll eat steak and cheese and shit like that. But earlier in the day, sometimes I'll have some leftovers. But usually I'm doing the show or I'll take Rufus for a walk and then I'll drink a couple cups of kefir. So I'm getting fat and protein, things like that. So in terms of structured meals is really one. And then I kind of have little things throughout the day. But if you want to get in 3000 calories, you should be breaking it up into four to six meals, which is a challenge. Eating a thousand calories three times a day. If you're trying to put in that many calories in large quantity, you're gonna be sluggish. You're gonna feel bloated. It's really, how are you going to train? How are you going to lift when you're eating that many calories in a meal? That's why eating smaller throughout the day, you're not going to be as like, you know, overstuffed. One or two more questions if I see him live. The Dusty Dud. Oh, I see you, Victoria. I'll get to that next. Uh, Dusty Dud, Papa Soy, what do you think of supplementing beans sometimes for extra protein? Like edamame sometimes plus more... Fi- uh, what do I think of it? I think I will not be doing that. Lots of lectins, inflammation, uh, incomplete proteins. So you're not getting more protein from beans. You're not absorbing it well, and it's incomplete protein. Edamame is just soy, soybeans, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. Why would you do that? There are much better options for absorbable protein. And you don't need excessive amounts of protein. People just need anywhere maybe up to a gram per pound of body weight. But like more than that, a lot of times people are less than that. You don't need like necessarily more. That's just a roundabout, vague you know, approximation. So. Yeah, I will not be eating edamame or beans. Eat a fucking steak. Oh, chickpeas and lentils. Lentils make me want to vomit. Vomit and. Makes me want to vomit on my dick and then punch myself in the dick. Chickpeas. You guys are gross. You guys are gross. Gnarly. Gnarly. You guys are gross in the comments. <laughs> Matthew says, blow your asshole out. Uh, Victoria, Papa Swolio, what if I consider my whole body a weak part? <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm going to talk about weak parts. Like, what if my whole body is a weak part? Oh, what if I consider my whole body a weak part? I have two days a week that are my heavy weight days. Should I have a push day and a pull day? Uh, how come only two days a week? If your whole body is a weak part, you could be lifting weights more often than twice a week. You could do four days a week. You could do upper, lower, upper, lower and focus on slightly different things for both of those upper days. You could do push and pull, but if you consider your whole body a weak part, I would be lifting more frequently. That's just me personally. I agree. Look, I was joking. I joke about it with Mama Swolia, you know, because like what pushes us, right? What pushes us to lift more? What pushes me after 22 or whatever years of lifting to build more muscle? Like, I know I'm not going to build. I'm going to build muscle to a point. Right now, it's like incremental. It's great for my psychological health. I love doing it. I love challenging myself. But like, I'm not trying to be 250. You know, I'm not taking any anabolics or anything like that. You know, there's a limited how much more I'm going to build. And there's also a limit to how much I care about like micromanaging every last thing and making sure because I can get a lot more technical. I just 
enjoy my quality of life. I enjoy the lifting and the training and the pushing rather than like, cause I'm not trying to get on stage. I'm, I don't have to be that obsessive over like every last thing, but I want to make sure that I'm fueling my workouts and I'm making progress and focusing on my strength and all those things. Very important. So, um, and I was telling mama Solia, you know, the, they have the whole thing, body dysmorphia, right. Or bigorexia, like people that never think that they're big enough. And I say like, I have that, but in a good way, it's okay. Everyone does. If you're lifting the gym, you're like, Oh, I don't think I'm big enough. You have to think that otherwise you're not going to get bigger. So obviously when it comes, when it gets to the point of you being distorted or thinking that you are never good enough and you're never making progress, then it gets to be a problem. But in other words, I always say like, yeah, bigorexia or like, you know, body dysmorphia is a great fucking thing. It's a great fucking thing. If you think that you're, oh, you're fine, then you're just not going to challenge yourself or make progress. You know? So in other words, you have to, like, that. that's what drives you. You just have to be conscious of it. It's like, all right, I know I'm muscular. I know I'm big. But what am I comparing myself to, a 10-year-old? And of course, I'm not going to always be like, well, I need to be the biggest. Out. There's always someone bigger. There's always someone that's taking something else or taller and more. Like, there's always going to be someone that, so you can't compare yourself. There's always someone with more money. There's always someone with a nicer car or a bigger house. So you can't compare yourself to other people like that, but you have to drive yourself from within. So you have to have other purposes, but it's also like, you know, you got to be your own critic too. And like, it's, oh, stop being a beast. Like, come on, do more, push yourself harder, want more. Of course, not the expense of beating yourself up psychologically and, you know, low self-esteem because you never think you're good enough. That's not what I mean. I just tease. I'm like, body dysmorphia is fucking awesome. <laughs> After a workout, like I'm all amped up. I'll go in there. I'm like, hey, babe, check out my body dysmorphia. Like, look at my fucking gears. I go in there and I flex on her, like in the middle. I'll be doing some like bicep curls and shit. And I'll come in the house after like I get a sick fucking pump and I go over there and she's on the computer. I just go over to her. I'm like, yeah. And I just flex on her. I'm like, kiss it. Kiss it. Fucking kiss it. Yeah. I'm like, look at these titties. Oh, I flex on her all the time. Right up in her face. Boom. Yeah. You know, tell me I'm big. Tell me I'm muscular. Tell me I'm fucking small. <laughs> I get so fucking amped. And she does. She tells me I'm small. Say it. I, yeah, I go there. And I'm like, say it. Say it. That. You're small. Say it. Yeah. flexing her face Sad. I look around with wild eyes just like Jean-Claude Van Damme like I just got like looking around like Sad. Sad. okay uh, Lacey Hills. Uh, Let's take Pedro's first because we need information like this. Pedro says, did you know that there have been more testicular injuries in the last three years in women's sports? Uh-huh. Because, because? I, I wonder why. There's tiny tuck, typical tuck, total tuck, and the tyrannical tuck. Always breaking news. Thank you, Pedro. Fantastic. Hmm. <sighs> Lacey says, why do a lot of program programs? 
Why do a lot of programs focus on body part splits? Why not full body less days a week? Like our programs and X are just in general. I think, well, it depends. It depends. I mean, I think full body can be something that you address if you're doing powerlifting. If you're doing powerlifting or strength because the intensity is high and the goal is strength adaptation. So you don't like strength adaptations can be garnered without a lot of hype without to minimize hypertrophy if you're doing less volume over time. But if the goal is hypertrophy, you do want volume to an extent. The idea that you need 20 sets for a body part is ridiculous. Everyone's going to be different. So there's a range, but there's a diminishing return when it comes to volume. So you do want intensity, you do want volume, but how much volume, obviously more isn't better. Otherwise people would lift and do 50 sets for a body part and they would just get bigger than someone who did 45 sets. So a lot of programs focus on body part splits. One, because you're able to psychologically focus on a certain body part. Uh, You're able to provide a body part more attention, more overload. A lot of people, when they go to the gym, they're only have a certain amount of time. And if you do full body, it might take you a lot longer depending on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're trying to do hypertrophy, it's recoverability is an issue. So when it comes to how many sets you need over the course of maybe seven days, 10 days, 14 days, obviously you can do a body part twice in a week period or a 10 day period. It's really about the cumulative volume. But for me, I don't, I'm not doing most body parts multiple times in a week. It might be something like calves or something like that because I can do them before a workout, but most muscle groups are going to take longer to recover depending on your volume and your intensity. So a lot of times recoverability. So can you build muscle doing full body three times a week? Yeah, but I'm going to be fucking sore as shit if I do Monday and Tuesday. And plus, I don't want to do chest and then a set for legs and then I'm set. It's a lot to work on. You can't specify as much. You're not going to be doing as much isolation. Um, I just think it's easier to program. It's easier to make sure that there's more recovery between subsequent workouts with a general split. I mean, in terms of full body, I think, I, I just don't think that's ideal for most people, but I think you can do a split like push, pull legs or upper body, lower body. There's nothing wrong with that. I just generally don't like push, pull Like, for example, doing chest, shoulders, and triceps, I I don't understand that. For me, I never like chest and triceps, but I like chest and biceps. I don't know if anyone else agrees with that or you have experience, but I don't like doing chest, shoulders, and triceps. I never liked that. But yesterday, I did chest, I did medial deltoid, and I did biceps. Because chest and biceps is more coherent than chest and triceps, because you're not getting a lot of triceps when you do chest. But you are hitting more biceps because the biceps flex the shoulders. So you are actually getting a lot more bicep work. I love chest and buys. Uh, I like, I like, here's, uh, here's the thing. I like chest and buys. I don't like back and tries. I, I'm not a fan of back and tries. Um, just, I don't like it. And the reason is because back, look, back is much more exhausting than chest. Chest takes a while to recover, but back is a huge body part. So the intensity, the overload, the exercises, it's just, I just don't like doing triceps after. You could do triceps first, but I don't really just, I don't want to fatigue myself. Triceps aren't as fatiguing, but I don't want to do anything before I hit back. 
Like back is going to be its own fucking beast. But I will do back with some rear deltoid afterwards. So I'll do like reverse pec deck or I'll do like cable reverse. So I, I like that. So I'll do some rear deltoid. Maybe I'll do something at like, or forearms. Maybe I'll do some reverse curls and some like forearms after back, back and rear delt. I just don't like back and tries, but I do like, um, I do like chest and buys. I really do like, I love the classic. I really like the Dorian Yates split, which is what essentially that is. But I do like splitting my leg days up. I've been liking that a lot more. I've really been, I've really been liking a lot more doing a quad focus day and then doing like a hammy and glute day. Anytime I just do a leg day, I am just so fucking blasted or I have to do too much volume and I just feel wiped out or I just get so fucking sore and I'm cramped. Like I just, I I feel like for me, um, and I'll go back and forth. I'll split it up for a little bit. And then sometimes I'll go back and like, all right, this week I'm just doing legs, but I like, uh, but you know, legs are usually either going to be more quad focus or leg or glute hamstring focus, but I do like splitting them. So on hamstring, on hammy day, I might do them after, I know it's like, it's kind of later in the day for me. I normally wouldn't, I'm debating whether or not I want to do it. So I'm probably going to, but I'll do like four sets or so for hamstrings. I'll do seated leg curl, prone leg curl, maybe one or two sets each. And then like one or, you know, for RDLs or something like posterior chain, maybe good mornings or, and I'll do some glutes, you know, so I'll do two or three exercise. I do love RDLs. I do love, you know, I'll do their good mornings, but usually RDLs or something like that for a hip hinge. So, or, and in terms of a curl, I'll do like a Nordic curl or I'll do a prone curl and a seated leg curl. I usually start with seated leg curls and seated leg curl, prone leg curl, and then RDL. So a lot of times RDLs are, you know, very intensive. So sometimes I'll do five sets. I'll do two for seated leg curl or one for seated, depending. It depends when I do the exercise, if I feel like I got it all, like, okay, that's the most, I don't want to do another set. Then I don't do another set. I'm like, that's it. Sometimes I'm like, all right, I, I want to do another one. I didn't go quite to failure. Sometimes I'll do two sets. So I'm not necessarily going to do like partial length and partials at the end of the first set. So I'll do one to two sets for seated one to two sets for prone. And then I'll do one to two sets for RDLs. And that's six sets. That's, you know, and I'm blasted. And then maybe I'll do right there. Cause I'm over there in my squat rack for RDLs. I'll do, uh, some glute bridges and then maybe my 45 degree hyper. So I'll do like three or four sets of glutes. You know, glutes can get a little bit more volume just because of the, the shorter muscle group and the amount of stretch. Like you could do a little bit more volume when it comes to glutes. Again, it depends on what you're focusing on. So if you don't need to focus on glutes, then guess what? You're not going to be doing a lot of glutes. Anyway, so the, the Dorian Yates, or one of the Dorian Yates split was shoulders and triceps. So shoulders and triceps meaning not posterior deltoid. So shoulders was anterior deltoid and uh, medial deltoid and triceps. I like that one. The next day was back and then it was rest. And I think it was chest and biceps and then legs. So I don't do like, I don't need to recover. Plus I'm not taking anabolic, so I'm not recovering as quickly. The volume changes. So you have to figure out what kind of volume. That's why Maximum Swole gives you that range of like, okay, customize your rest periods, figure out what work, what works best for you. If I feel more fatigued, I might still train, but I'll do maybe back off the intensity or increase the volume or I'll shift or I'll give another day in between or, okay, I'm a little bit more wiped out. Let me just take another extra day and I'll just do legs together rather than separate. So you can do things more on the fly, but I have my book and I'm looking, okay, I did this like six days ago or seven days ago. Cool. I can do that again. I feel good. Or that way I'm not neglecting anything. I can kind of 
analytically see where I'm going and I can also gauge my progress. Oh, I'm getting stronger or I'm not getting stronger or my strength is kind of decreasing. Maybe I'm overtraining and switch around the split and stuff like that. So again, uh, Lacey's talking about building up. She was asking why people have like, don't have as many like total body workout programs. Um, and she goes, my squats and deadlifts are on different days as well. I don't like combining them. And, and here's the thing, it's recoverability. So everyone's going to have certain things that maybe they do a certain exercise and it wipes them out. Kind of like what I was just like ranting and talking about. There are certain body parts that will take that for me, take more out of me. So maybe I need to do a rest day before I train them that way. I don't, you know, I have more energy to do them and to train them properly. Uh, there are certain body parts that I just like, I don't want to do anything out because maybe psychologically I'm just checked out. Like if I do back, I'm, I'm checked out afterwards. I'm, I can, I can do like some posterior deltoid work and like, that's fine, but I'm not going to do triceps. I'm not going to do triceps after like, I'm already fucking wiped out. I'm done. Like if I'm doing back, cause back is a lot of weight. You know, you're doing T-bar rows. I got a few plates on there, like heavy rows and pull downs. Like it's a lot for me. It, it, it just, it just I, I don't like adding something else and knowing that there's something else on after that. So, but when I split up my leg day, like quads, I'm doing pendulum squats. I'm doing maybe leg extension or sissy squats and hack squats. I'm fucking myself up. But hamstrings, I don't feel as fatigued. So I don't need to worry that much um, about having a day off before that. Or I can do hamstrings and I can have a good workout. So you have to know what you have to know your body. You have to know your body and what your, what type of training, how much volume your body needs, what's too much. Because just because I could do more sets for certain body parts, man, I was so sore for my fucking quad workout. And I did what I did two sets of pendulum, two sets of hack, a set or two of sissy squats. It's like, if I did any more than that sick, I would have been, I was already fucked up. I, I'm glad I didn't do more. Just because you can do more doesn't mean you should. So you have to find that spot between your strength, your improving, and your recovery. Remember, the more you do, especially with how hard you train, the longer it's going to take for you to recover. So if you think you're going to do something twice in that week, if, I, if I'm doing a muscle group twice that week, then guess what? I'm not doing six sets. I'll do three, and then I'll do three later on. I just don't like that. I'm going to be sore from that. Th- I'm going to be sore from the three sets, so I don't need to do it twice in a week. I don't really see the point. So if you have a certain body part that really wipes you out, then pri- then organize that appropriately so you're not doing all this stuff afterwards or you have more repair before. Or like I mentioned, if you have a weaker body part or like weaker meaning, whether it's strength or whether it's hypertrophy wise, train that first, prioritize that in your split. If you really need to focus on one body part, it's like train that alone on that day. You know, don't train at the end and don't be exhausting yourself two or three days in advance. So if I'm really trying to focus on chest, for example, I'm not going to do a leg day right before and then a back day before that, like be fucking drained. At least give yourself some time in between and schedule it. That way you're not wiped out before you do that. But if I do chest, for example, and I do quads or I do hamstrings the next day, I'll be fine. Like chest isn't going to exhaust me. I'm going to get sore, but it's not going to wipe me out physiologically. It's not going to be like, oh my God, the next day I'm so fucking wiped it's really not that large of a muscle group. It doesn't take a lot to fatigue the chest. 
right? Or if you're doing shoulders and triceps, I can do back the next day, or I can do back into, or I can do quads the next day. And sometimes I will. So I'll split it up where I'll do shoulders and triceps. And instead, like the Dorian Yates split goes right into back and by, I'll just give us, I'll, I'll give us some space between those body parts. Sometimes I'll give a day in between, or I'll do quads. And then I'll give a day after that. And then I'll do, right? And then maybe I'll do back and then maybe I'll do another or whatever. And then maybe I'll do another day or then maybe I'll do chest after that. So it depends. It depends on your recoverability and if you're going to be repaired enough before the next program. All right. I think we'll stop there because that was really good. Okay, excellent. Back to Swole fam. Tomorrow is a Back to Swole accountability meeting. But Back to Swole release party tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, 12 noon Eastern time. So we'll have extra releases tomorrow. See you there. 12 noon tomorrow, Monday, August 26th. Join the fam today. SwoleNormousX.com. Solo. And SwoleNormousX. I can't say that. Solo in Telemundo. SwoleNormousX.com. Join the fam today. Back to Swole. We wees party. We wees the gains. All right. Let's give away today's Swole card. Back to Swole. Here we go. Falcon. Uh, pick me a winner. Good Q&Anus, fam. Good Q&Anus. I just saw soybeans in the chat. <laughs> All right. Albert Barbez Congo. Congratulations. All right. Albert, congratulations. Send us an email to support us on Swole Swellcard 2669, the subject, your mailing address in the body of the email. Congratulations. That's a huge bit. Right on. something wrong with you you're certainly not very good well folks i eliminate one tax loophole out of a trillion six hundred billion worth for a, a trillion four hundred billion worth. out of a billion four hundred million excuse me a trillion four hundred billion dollars dodson dodson we've got dodson here Crucifixion is good. Out of the door, line on the left, one cross each. The more you hate me, the more you will learn. He's on fire! Now, once you've had sex with a woman, she will naturally start to depend on you, okay? All women do this. Are there any women here today? Hadouken! Hadouken! 
60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. The little rascal has spirit. A jelly donut? I am the most great. Could you milk me? Shut up, bitch! Ah, uh, stone. Making the frogs gay. Oh, I'm gonna have to get it. Yeah. I'll have to get the Alex Jones quote. <laughs> Turn the frogs gay. Oh. No eye contact. Got it out just in time. Coast to coast. All right, You switch the samples. All right, thank you so much, fam, for being here. Remember, back to Swole tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time, so we will be privato, all right? Private sleazecast, so join the fam today and be there for tomorrow's back to Swole release party. Very excited. We'll see you then. Peace, McGee, Deuce, McGoose, ya boy, Papa Swoleo. Oh, 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 oh. Crazy flow, need a straight jacket. Cash flow, I'm a bank addict. Six subs, had the bass smacking. 808, had the place clapping. Three girls is enough for me, so I pull out like the stock's crashing, like an IPO trying to purchase me. This a private sector, so you can't have it. Faking all that boom babbing. Who you think you is, boy? 90s want they sound back, so I give rap all these fake rappers as I take matters in my own hands. I don't need rapping, I don't need Zans. I don't need help, I'm a grown man. Now they can't laugh, and they so mad, it's like. Yeah.